In 1 Timothy 5, verses 11 and 12, we read, As for younger widows, do not put them on such a list. For when their sensual desires overcome their dedication to Christ, they want to marry. Thus, they bring judgment on themselves because they've broken their first pledge. Welcome to this week's episode of Timothy, My Son, as we continue to look at Paul's teaching of his spiritual son addressing issues regarding widows, but giving us principles that need to inform the church in many other situations. In this passage, Paul continues to give words of wisdom to his mentee, Timothy, around the issues of how widows are to be treated by the church. If the widow's over 60, that meets one of the qualifications for inclusion on a list of those who will receive support for the church. But if the widow is under 60, don't put them on the list. If necessary, give them immediate support, but not ongoing support. And the first reason is that their sexual desire will, note the words, for when their sensual desires, Paul's making a pretty big assumption, when their sexual desire will overcome their dedication to Christ along with their commitment to remain holy. Temptation is hard to overcome. I'm reminded of Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 9 and 10. Now, to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it's good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it's better to marry than to burn with passion. Paul understood that celibacy is hard, but it's expected of believers who are not married. And he understands that self-control is not easy. When their very natural sexual desire reaches a level where it is greater than their dedication to Christ, of course they will want to marry. It is, after all, God's plan and design. It's not good for the man or woman to be alone, and a part of the magnetism is sexual. So why not remain dedicated to Christ while getting remarried? Of course it's possible. It happens all the time. And being remarried is better than burning with passion, also known as lust, outside of marriage. By the way, this passage is not saying that being remarried is breaking their first pledge. But being dedicated to anything more highly than your dedication to Christ, if you think about it, is all about the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. My Auntie May was a spinster. She was born in 1899 in England, moved to Canada with her family when she was very young, and lived here the rest of her, her life. I don't know the details, but along the way she had a boyfriend. They got engaged while they were young, but somehow he died. Her perspective was that if she would ever have another boyfriend or get married, it would be an offense to her fiancé that it would be saying she never really loved him because she was now loving someone else. The fact that she was betrothed but never married didn't make a difference to her. I don't think she was right, but I know that she was not alone in that conviction. It is not wrong to remarry. Let me say that again. It is not wrong to remarry. Now let me say something that is controversial, or could be. The only reason that God allowed for divorce was to designate that they were now eligible to remarry. Let's dig into Deuteronomy 24. Here's what we read. If a man marries a woman 
who becomes displeasing to him because he finds something indecent about her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her, and sends her from his house, and if after she leaves his house, she becomes the wife of another man, and her second husband dislikes her and writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her, and sends her from his house, or if he dies, then her first husband who divorced her, is not allowed to remarry her again after she's been defiled. That would be detestable in the eyes of the Lord. Do not bring sin upon the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. The plain reading looks like this. Number one, a man marries a woman. Number two, she becomes displeasing to him because he finds something indecent about her. More about that later. Three, he writes her a certificate of divorce and sends her from his house. Four, she then remarries another man. Five, her second husband dislikes her and divorces her, or she becomes a widow because he dies. Six, she cannot remarry her first husband. Any questions? <laughs> you see, without the certificate of divorce, she would still have been married to her first husband, even if he put her out of his house. Therefore, she would have been ineligible for remarriage. Divorce allows for remarriage, or it has no purpose. The expectation following divorce is the same as following the death of a spouse. They are free to remarry, but they're not required to remarry. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, Jesus raises the bar for our holiness. He says that if you're angry, you're already guilty of murder. And if you lust, you're already guilty of adultery. And when it comes to divorce, he says that the standard for divorce is also higher. A wife who displeases her husband isn't sufficient. Divorce requires that this displeasure includes sexual immorality. Anything less than that is insufficient, with the result that when, not if, there is a remarriage, it's adulterous. Paul expands that a little when he includes abandonment. If the grounds for divorce is according to Scripture, there is no restriction when it comes to remarriage. Otherwise, there's no reason for divorce. All that would be required would be a separation. But please don't ever forget that divorce is not the unpardonable sin. Like every other sin, there is forgiveness and salvation at the cross.